right. So um, my name is uh, Kevin Richards. I'm uh, an assistant professor of physical education at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Um, I study uh, teacher socialization, um, which I guess if you think about it in a broad sense, it's the process through which um, teachers are recruited into, prepared for, and then continuously socialized through their lives uh, and careers out in school settings. Uh, so the socialization process really begins um, even before people decide that they want to be teachers uh, through their own experiences in school settings. And that's something that I'll, I'll come back to in a second. But um, typically we, we use occupational socialization theory, which is a particular uh, type of socialization theory that was developed within physical education, which I think is something that's kind of unique and interesting about that perspective. In physical education, we borrow a lot of theories from other fields, and elements of occupational socialization theory have also been borrowed from sociology and education more generally. But it's a theory that was really developed and articulated and put to use specifically with physical education teachers. So one of the unique elements of the theory um, is that it takes a dialectical approach to socialization. Uh, and that just means that it recognizes that people have the ability and capacity to resist the forces of people who are trying to socialize them. So um, in more classical or, or what we might call structural functionalist approaches to socialization, it was believed that people just kind of did what they were told and um, that the expectations were set and that people followed those expectations and did what they were supposed to do to become functioning members of a society or of, of a group that, in which they were seeking inclusion. Um, however, uh, research has kind of disproven that and shown that there are a lot of instances where people push back and resist, especially when they encounter forces, uh, social forces with which they disagree. Uh, and I'll give some examples of that as we go. Um, but occupational socialization theory typically takes a three-phased approach to understanding how teachers are recruited into, uh, educated for, and then socialized through their careers. Um, while that while these three phases are kind of laid out, laid out uh, in a, in a time-oriented continuum, it's important to realize that socialization is not a linear process. Things don't happen in lockstep order, um, and some people may skip over phases or visit phases later than other people, um, uh, or even move back and forth between phases depending upon their career uh, trajectories and progressions. So I'll lay it out in kind of this three-step process, but just know that it's not necessarily that linear. It just kind of helps for explanation to describe it that way. So the first phase is um, acculturation, or sometimes it's called anticipatory socialization. And this is that um, pre-training socialization that I alluded to before. Uh, and, and it really occurs while we're in schools uh, during our own formative education or uh, playing sports and, and extracurricular or out-of-school environments where we start to kind of learn what it means to be a physical education teacher by interacting with our uh, own teachers and our coaches, maybe our parents if they were educators, and other key stakeholders in the socialization process like school counselors who might push us one way or another when we're looking at potential uh, careers. Um, and, and, and so during this time, uh, potential recruits into the physical education profession develop what's called a subjective theory or a personal understanding of what it means to be a PE teacher, and that's largely driven by their own experiences. So they think that physical education is what they saw that it was, which makes a lot of sense. Um, the challenge here is that 
not everybody's PE experience represents the same thing or, or even is in line with what would be considered best practice in the field. Uh, some people still experience physical education um, where teachers roll out the ball or, or don't um, draw upon a variety of instructional strategies or maybe it's just really still sport driven. And so students go through these programs and think that that is what PE is, uh, when in reality it could be a lot more and a lot broader than that, but their own experiences drive their recruitment. So if they have an experience that, that they don't think was that good, then they're likely to not pursue a career in physical education. And if they want to work in human movement studies, maybe they uh, enroll in a kinesiology program more broadly and pursue physical therapy or strength and conditioning or something else. But um, the point there is that uh, childhood experiences are that kind of first mechanism through which the physical education profession recruits new members. So we get a certain number of people who decide that they actually want to be teachers, want to be physical education teachers, and they enroll in physical education, teacher education programs, and that's uh, during professional socialization, which is the second phase. Uh, and during this time, um, teacher educators and instructors within a specific program uh, help people develop an understanding of what it means to teach physical education, um, and then they give them the knowledge and skills and try to impart dispositions in line with best practices as recognized by the field in a more general sense. Uh, I mentioned before, though, that socialization is a dialectical process. So if people, students, pre-service teachers come into programs thinking that physical education is going to be one thing based on their prior experiences, but are then told that it's something different, there's this um, point of contention where what they're being told doesn't, doesn't align with their expectations. Uh, and because socialization is dialectical, sometimes students um, covertly or even overtly push back or resist against um, the forces of their teacher educators. So you might have students who just kind of make it look like they agree and they're kind of going along with everything. And it's like, yeah, you know, I understand that physical education is about health and wellness. I'm buying into that. Um, but really, they never allow their beliefs to be challenged and they continue to replicate when they get the opportunity the same uh, sport-based or, or whatever model of physical education they experienced as children. So as a result of this, um, a couple of my colleagues and I have really advocated for physical education teacher education programs that look to challenge pre-service teachers' um, preconceived notions, but to do that in a way that allows them to kind of grapple with their own uh, belief systems um, so we're kind of helping them along the way towards greater reflection. And I think that that's a real key point um, because uh, if, we, if we bring students in and we tell them what they need to believe and try to force them to do it, they might kind of comply with us while they're there. But when they get out, they're probably just going to go back to what they, had, all, what they had previously thought physical education was about because their core beliefs and ideologies were never challenged. Um, so... Uh, we, we believe uh, that, that this is best accomplished then through a combination of uh, field-based approaches to teacher education. So we put students out in the field and get them experience working with children in schools. Um, and then also uh, drawing upon constructivist uh, pedagogies that, that recognize uh, that students come to teacher education with these preconceived beliefs, validate those pre preconceived beliefs, and then try to dialogue through them towards greater understanding. And we've found some success through our research in helping students challenge their initial thoughts through that process. Um, so the other thing about teacher education is that we believe that it should prepare 
uh, students for uh, the time that they spend working in school. So, you know, their, their first job after they graduate, both in a technical sense. So we're giving them the skills and the knowledge needed to be a good teacher, but also in terms of um, helping prepare them for kind of the political and social realities of schools. Uh, and that'll kind of segue into this last phase that I'll talk about here. But um, schools are, are political environments and physical education teachers are often marginalized. Um, and, and so dealing with that, that uh, it is something that we think people need to be prepared for so that they're not just kind of thrown out to the wolves on day one without ever ever being told what it was going to be about. Um, so we use things like case studies, for example, to help pre-service teachers understand the realities of working in schools, talk with them about it, and then develop that greater understanding. So again, that kind of moves into the third phase, which is organizational socialization. Um, and that's the process through which people are inducted into the society of teachers in their, in their school environments. Uh, and then socialization is an ongoing process from that induction process all the way through career exit or uh, retirement. Um, schools, as I mentioned before, are very political environments uh, and they tend to invest a lot of power and responsibility. They've been there the longest, so they, they give rewards based on seniority. Um, and, and that becomes problematic uh, in some ways because you have new teachers who are trained in very innovative approaches, um, who are uh, you know ready to come out and you know implement what they just learned through teacher education, but then sometimes they're faced with colleagues who kind of take a custodial approach and just want to maintain the status quo or the current happenings rather than um, integrate these innovative perspectives. Um, and so teachers often have to kind of confront the social realities of their work. And, and as a result, some people come in and they kind of adjust to the way things are, are, are being done. So they might, you know, go back to those sport driven, um, quote unquote, roll out the ball approaches to physical education that they had seen during their own acculturation, despite what they had learned uh, in teacher education. Um, or uh, some of them um, use a strategy that's called strategic compliance, which is kind of covert resistance. Uh, and this happens when uh, they just kind of take it as it is for the time being, um, go along with it, go along with the status quo while never really agreeing with it. And then once they're in a position to enact change without social uh, pushback or social sanctions, they do that. Um, and then the other group of people, the third group of people, which are those that kind of take the largest risk, are those who go in, recognize that what is happening is not in line with what they believe to be best practice and try immediately to affect change. But because schools um, kind of prioritize seniority, that can be in, in, in your beginning teachers, uh, especially don't have a tenure, uh, that can be a risk. So we've re actually recommended to a lot of our teachers that they kind of go in um, and, st and strategically comply some, but look for openings to enact change and do that on a small level and then gradually build uh, up towards um, getting everybody on the same page, which could take some time. So be patient and kind of go along with it. Uh, last thing I'll mention um, is that uh, I also uh, alluded to this before, but physical education is off, often socially constructed within schools as a marginalized subject. So um, it, it's not viewed as being as important or as having the same status as uh, other um, subjects within the school, uh, such as um, math or language arts or science uh, that are more considered, uh, you know, central or, or core to what the mission of schooling is supposed to be about. Uh, and that marginalization has, uh, has a lot of impact both on the, on the discipline of physical education as well as on the PE teachers. 
Um, some PE teachers over time uh, just kind of grow to accept their marginal status and they kind of just view themselves as a break in the day for the kids or as a way for them to get their energy out so they can go back to quote unquote real learning. Um, and that's problematic because it kind of de-emphasizes the purpose and the goals of physical education for its own sake as an as an educational intervention to help children develop knowledge and skills to, to be effective movers over the course of a lifetime. Um, and then on more of a programmatic level, uh, the marginalization of physical education can result in, uh, you know, large class sizes, uh, reduced availability of resources, uh, and, and these other kind of uh, um, problematic uh, experiences that physical education teachers are going to have to face that then can result in additional stress, uh, and may lead some of them to burn out, or may, may lead some of them to kind of psychologically withdraw from their work. Um, and so we really advocate that, that physical education, education teachers, where possible, uh, communicate or advocate for the value of what they do with key stakeholders in the school, like administrators and uh, fellow teachers, parents and children, to let them know why physical education is important and, and, what, and what they're doing in class so that those key stakeholders can eventually kind of see the value of what's going on and, and know that not all physical education is that stereotypical roll out the ball, nothing important happens. So that's a, a quick overview of occupational socialization theory across the three phases of uh, acculturation, uh, professional socialization, and um, uh, organizational socialization. Some researchers have also started to look at um, the, the recruitment and socialization of higher education faculty through occupational socialization theory, but I think that's probably a story for another day.